This daily grind, I need one wine. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. Every day of my life is such a grind. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Today we're going to be breaking down Acts chapter 12 and we may have to you know, spill over into a, a, a part two, but that's okay. Uh, we're in no hurry here, but uh, just want to be thorough with what we uh, discuss. And in Acts chapter 12, we're going to see that persecution just rises to even a higher level. And it all started in Acts chapter 4 when Peter and John had healed the lame man at the gate called beautiful and the religious leaders were jealous of what's going on because peter and john and the apostles are now they're getting the attention and they're getting the crowds and 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 there's less attention being paid to these pharisees and these religious leaders and so their power is threatened and and they don't like it and so they they take peter and john and they they talk to them and they say you cannot preach or teach in the name of Jesus anymore. But Peter and John go right back to the temple. They preach the name of Jesus. They they have the crowds gathering around. They're, they're preaching the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. They're giving people hope. And then they're working these miracles. They're healing the lame and the sick. And, and people are coming to Jesus. And again, the religious leaders are jealous they don't like it and so they get peter and john again and 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 they're uh questioning them again you know we told you not to do this why are you doing it and they end up flogging the uh the apostles for preaching and teaching in the name of jesus and they 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 release them but they say you cannot preach or teach in the name of jesus anymore and they rejoiced because they got flogged, which is crazy to me, but because that would be very painful to have the flesh literally ripped off your back. That would take a, a, a while to heal. But you can see they're, they're, the persecution just continues to get stronger and stronger and stronger as the church grows stronger and stronger and stronger. And then in Acts chapter 8, we have this, we talked about the stoning of Stephen. And how uh, Stephen was uh, basically brought to trial because uh, of these Jews who wanted to have a Bible study, if you will, with Stephen. And he he just put it to them and, and, and they couldn't hang with, with what he was saying. And, and so they were jealous. And so they trumped up charges and had uh, Stephen brought to trial. And at the trial, Stephen tells the religious leaders, the same religious leaders that uh, had already talked to Peter and John and persecuted them with the flogging and the other apostles. Stephen's just an ordinary dude. He's not an apostle. He's just somebody like me, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he loves Jesus, and he's out there preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus and giving people hope. And now here he is standing uh, before the Sanhedrin on trial just because he was preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus, and these men were jealous of him. And, And... as he's standing before the Sanhedrin, he basically tells them about Jesus and he says, You are guilty for crucifying the very Messiah 
that you were looking for. You have crucified Jesus. And, and then he calls them stiff-necked people, and, and they, they stop up their ears. They don't want to hear what Stephen has to say. Then when he says, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, they, 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 just, they drug him out of the city. They stoned him. He, he dies. And so persecution has went from a, a talking to to a flogging and now a stoning. And then in Acts chapter 9, the guy who was there at the stoning of Stephen, Saul, he was pleased with what the what these Jews, the Jewish, uh, the religious leaders had done to Stephen, and Saul was a Pharisee, and he was in a place of power because they would bring their coats and lay them down at his feet at the stoning of Stephen, and he was going from house to house, literally grabbing men and women out of the house and taking them to jail and who knows what would happen to these people at the jail because they were hated because they followed Jesus they loved Jesus and they were spreading the message about Jesus and Saul was on his way to Damascus to do even more damage to the Jesus followers he was going to go from house to house there in Damascus when he has an encounter with Jesus himself and remember Jesus says Saul Saul he says who are you Lord he said I am Jesus the one whom you are persecuting. Quit persecuting me. And so Saul has this encounter with Jesus. He then becomes a Jesus follower himself and does a complete 180. And now he is going to be teaching and preaching in the name of Jesus. And he will be, Jesus even told him, he said, you are a chosen vessel unto me that you're going to go to the Gentiles. And so far up until this point, the church is mainly in Jerusalem and it's to uh, to the Jewish people. And then we have Philip because of the persecution in Acts chapter 9. He leaves Jerusalem and he takes the gospel into Samaria. So now the Samaritans are beginning to hear the gospel message. And then he has the, uh, the encounter with the Ethiopian eunuch. And he baptizes him after he's done chase down his chariot and studies the book of Isaiah with him. Or the passage of Isaiah 53 with him. And he baptizes him. And then the Spirit literally snatches Philip away and, and drops him off in Caesarea. And then in Acts chapter 10, Peter has the vision uh, of the sheep with the unclean animals. And God is basically telling Peter that the Gentiles are now going to be welcomed into the fold, in, into the church as well. They, they can have the remission of their sins. They can have the hope of being with God for eternity. And it's freaking Peter out. He's like, what does this mean? Well, about that time, he so he gets a knock on the door, and it's some people from Cornelius' house who was a Gentile. He was an officer in the Roman army, and he had had a conversation with an angel, and an angel had given him some instructions. And he says, you send men to Joppa for Peter. Peter comes to Cornelius' house, and Peter says, what are you doing here? What, what am I doing here? What, what do you want from me? And Cornelius tells him what has happened with this conversation with the angel. And while they were on their way back to Cornelius' house, Cornelius had went around and he had gathered his friends and his, and his family. And so Peter, he, he, he tells Peter, he said, we're, we're here. We're waiting to hear the message that God has given you. And so Peter says, well, I understand what the vision's all about now. Uh, these unclean animals represent the Gentiles and, and, and they're not unclean anymore. They, they can be made clean. 
And so, you know, who am I to withstand what God's trying to do here? And so he begins to tell these Gentiles that are in Cornelius' house about Jesus, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And I, Peter hasn't even spoken maybe five minutes, three to five minutes. When you, when you read Acts chapter 11, you can read it through pretty quick. And the Holy Spirit just falls on these Gentiles just as it did Peter and the other 11 apostles in Acts chapter 2. And they're speaking in tongues. And Peter recognizes what's going on. And so he turns to the Jewish guys that had come with him on this trip. And he says, what's keeping us from baptizing these people? I mean, obviously God has has is doing a thing in, in these Gentiles' lives. And so we're, we're going to obey God and we're going to... Uh, we're going to baptize these Gentiles. And so he does. And then they go back to Jerusalem. And the you know the, at first the Christians or the Jesus followers there in Jerusalem were upset because he went to this Gentile's home and he had went inside the home and ate with them even. And so Peter has to tell them you know the story about what's happened. And they say, oh, yeah, well, hey, we're all for it. If, you know, if God's for it, we're for it. We're on board. And so... When we come to Acts chapter 12, you, you see it's kind of like a step up and a step up and a step up with persecution uh, because it went from a talking to to a flogging and then you have a stoning. Then you have Saul going from house to house and dragging men and women and putting them in prison. Maybe some even died because of their faith. Uh, you have the stoning of Stephen. And, and now in Acts chapter 12, it hits a new level because in Acts chapter 12 the Roman government is actually going to get involved and not only are they going to get involved but they're going to take the apostles themselves two of them and one of them is going to be beheaded and the other one is going to be put on trial but here's the kicker it's Passover so this apostle is going to have a certain amount of time uh, that he can uh Pray, pray for God to help him escape, or whatever, uh, you know. Or think about his family and his friends and his his life that he's been able to live and reflect on things. Whatever he's going to do, he he's got a week to get it done, and because he knows the fate that it happened to his friend, the other apostle, because he has his head cut off, and and so he knows what's going to happen to him by the end of the week unless God intervenes and so luke starts off acts chapter 12 and he's talking about this he tells his readers about this ruler named king herod agrippa and with this name of herod agrippa it gives us a timeline of when it took place because agrippa was the king of judea from ad 41 to ad 44 and his territory covered most of Palestine, including Judea, Galilee, Bethania, and Perea. And from Galilee, his territory extended to the east of Traconitus. Some words harder to pronounce. Um, it covers a lot of the territory where the church has spread to when it fled Jerusalem. And, you know, like any good politician, Agrippa wanted to please the people. So he could keep his power and his authority that he had there reigning over this territory. And so he's going to support the Jews and their religion of Judaism. And so in order to gain support, and this is a 
very basic overview. I mean, you could really dig into this if you wanted to, to Google some stuff and read about it. But in order to gain support of the religious leaders, he decided to go after the Christians. Remember, they were first called Christians at, 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 the, at, the, at the church in Antioch, Assyria. And so he decides to go after the Christians and because, you know, it they're blaming the Christians for everything because they are the ones who deserted, if you will, uh, Judaism and have chosen to follow this man by the name of Jesus that was crucified in the eyes of, of the Jews. Um, and so they've deserted Judaism and they're teaching this this new way to God and, and so they disagree with it and that, that's a, that's the, the, the one of the biggest issues between the Jews and the Christians and so they thought that you know Jesus was a blasphemer and that was one of the, the major problems that that the Jews had and so uh, Agrippa is going to see it as an opportunity to gain favor with the Jews and especially the religious leaders because if you think of it the Sanhedrin and the religious leaders they had money and they had power and that's exactly what King Agrippa would need and he would need their support because of their power and because of their money so we're gonna uh, dig into Acts chapter 12 when we come back from break this is Bruce Stott, one of the elders at Partnership Christian Church, and I want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming Sunday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube for service times and directions. Thanks for listening to Grind It Podcast. Keep grinding. So Herod Agrippa uses this situation with the Christians and the Jews to his advantage, his political advantage, because he can persecute these uh, Christians and gain support from the Jews and also the religious leaders uh, who has money, who has power, who has authority, which all go hand in hand with politics. So it, let's dig into Acts chapter 12 and see what's going on here. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus went around and he was picking some disciples people to follow him. That's when he was going to gather these hand-picked 12 men that we call now apostles. Uh, and the first two that he chose was actually fishing. They had gotten finished fishing that day, and he caused them to follow him, and their names were Peter and Andrew. They were brothers. And they walked down the shore just a little further, and there's two more brothers that are fishing with their dad, Zebedee, and their names were James and John. And being in the, the you know the same business that Peter and Andrew were being you know fishing in the same water, I, I assumed that Peter and Andrew knew these two brothers named James and John. You know if if you watch the Chosen, uh, which you know it, I highly recommend. You know a lot of Jesus movies and a lot of Jesus the shows about Jesus are real cheesy. They're, they're not done very well, but the Chosen is is excellent. Now they do add some Hollywood fillers in there, uh, but if you know the Bible well enough, you can kind of pick those out. But the overall theme and their overall message and how they portray Jesus and the apostles, the disciples, it is spot on and it is absolutely. Uh, a, a, a fantastic 
a series to watch. So I uh, highly recommend you download the Chosen app and, and, and check that out uh, because they, they bring these guys, they bring the Bible really, really to life. Um, but if you watch the Chosen, they call James Big James, and Jesus asked him to leave everything behind. You know, leave your father, leave your way of life, leave your fish and everything that you know. I want you to, to, to leave that behind and, and follow me. And so that's exactly what the brothers do. So now at this point, Jesus has basically four followers. He has Peter and Andrew, who are brothers, and James and John, who are brothers. Um, in Mark 3.17, Jesus gives James and John a nickname. He calls them the sons of of thunder, and maybe it's perhaps because of their fiery attitudes that we read about in Luke chapter nine, verse fifty-four, when they wanted to call fire down from heaven to kill these Samaritans. Who, when Jesus was needing to pass through on his way to Jerusalem, they they gave Jesus a hard time. And if you see that episode with the chosen, they really bring that out about the, the attitude of James and John. They do a really good job with that. So Jesus chose chose twelve men to be his disciples, and yet. Out of those 12, he chooses three to be his closest, uh, you can call it friends, but really his inner circle. And that was Peter, James, and John, the two brothers with Peter involved. These three men were present with Jesus during special events and being eyewitnesses like to, to Jesus' transfiguration in Mark 9, 2 through 3. They were there the witnessing Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead in Luke chapter 8, verses 49 through 56, and accompanying Jesus while he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. If you remember, he had asked his disciples to pray with him, and, and he asked Peter, James, and John to come a little further out with him. And remember, they, they all fell asleep when they went to pray. And that's in Matthew 26, 36 through 38. So maybe this, this special treatment if you want to call it that, this inner circle with Peter, James, and John, it, it, it could have possibly gotten to the heads of James and John because at one point their mother Salome comes to Jesus with James and John and asks Jesus if if James and John, when, he, when Jesus comes into his kingdom, if they could sit on his left and his right hand, which is places of authority which is you know a special status and so it, it, it kind of causes a, 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 some strife with uh, the other uh, disciples they they, they kind of didn't like what what James and John were trying to do here you know trying to say hey we're, we're better than these guys we we want to be sitting on your right and your left hand and and Jesus tells them he says can you can you drink the cup of suffering that that I drink from they're like yes we can and Jesus says yeah you can he says that you can drink the cup of the suffering like I'm going to. And, and, and you know, when Jesus dies on the cross and then what happens here, and, but Jesus goes on to tell them that uh, it's not his place to say who can sit on his right hand and who can sit on his left. Uh, he said that's up to my father. And so here in Acts chapter 12, it will be, James, this James, that's why I brought up James and John when Jesus went around picking his disciples and how Peter, James, and John were part of the three of the inner circle with Jesus. It, it is this James that Agrippa is going to behead uh, to gain approval of 
the Jewish people and especially the religious leaders who have power and money. Uh, and that's how he starts off. Luke starts off Acts chapter 12. He says, About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, and he specifically says, John's brother killed with a sword. And when Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested none other than Peter himself. This took place during the Passover celebration, Luke says. And then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. And so there are several things here I want to point out just from these, these first five verses here. The first thing is this. James is beheaded on the authority of the Roman government, on the authority of Agrippa. And it's it, like I've said several times already, it's a political move. Because we see in these verses that Agrippa wanted the support of the religious leaders and the Jewish people because that's who he's reigning over. Uh, they were very powerful. They had the money. And that's what, you know, it just goes hand in hand with politics. And like any politician who wants to keep his power and his money, that's exactly what Agrippa is doing here. And so when he saw that the killing of James pleased the Jewish people and made them happy, well, he saw an opportunity and he decided to go for Peter as well. And so Peter is arrested and and the problem is that he's arrested during uh, as Passover is starting to take place and this was going to be a week-long festival so Agrippa could not do anything to Peter until after Passover is over with um, the second thing I want to point out is this this is the first time that one of the original disciples or apostles that Jesus handpicked and went around and chose and that's why I brought that out just a few minutes ago how Jesus chose Peter and Andrew and they walked down the shore just a little bit and there's two more brothers fishing and I'm sure they probably knew each other Peter, Andrew, James, and John, because they were all fishermen and they were fishing the same waters. But I, I wanted to bring that out because this is the first time that one of the original disciples that Jesus chose uh, is going to be killed, is going to be uh, persecuted and, and killed. Now I want to stress something here uh, real quick. People have this idea that because they follow Jesus, because they love God, because they serve God, that nothing bad should happen in their lives. And, and, and many times when something comes along that wreaks havoc in their life, that they, they blame God and they question His very existence. And, and what we should do is, is run to God uh, and, and not blame God. I mean, I just said a while ago that James was one of Jesus' closest followers. He's full of the Holy Spirit. He, I mean, he was there. He walked with Jesus for three to three and a half years. He ate with Jesus. He, he had meals with Jesus. He, he, he hung out everywhere that Jesus went. He followed Jesus, and he loved Jesus, and he served Jesus. And he's been a strong pillar in the faith in the, with the church. And... He has done miracles and he's preached Jesus. He's taken the gospel to literally hundreds of people. And yet, 
he's beheaded. He is beheaded. He's killed for his faith. Why is it that when, when something bad happens in our life that we blame God? We don't need to be blaming God. We need to continue to put our trust and our hope in Him. Because He's the very one that can fix the situation that we're in. He's the very one that we look to for that hope. And I just want to real quickly, I want to give you four reasons why bad things happen to us. And I mean, this is like a very quick, not very detailed uh, reasons why bad things happen to good people. Number one, God could be punishing us. God could be punishing us. It's that simple. He disciplines who he loves. That's what the book of Hebrews says. Number two, the devil could be tempting us. That's what he does. He tempts us. And he tempts us to sin, and sin's going against God's will. Number three, there are consequences to the choices we make, so we ourselves could be the blame. What, what was uh, the guy back in the 70s? Well, his name was Flip Wilson. He used to say, the devil made me do it. It's not always the devil making you do it. it, it you know, we... We have our own free will. We can make our own decisions. And many times we make a bad decision and we follow through with that bad decision and there are consequences to pay for that bad decision. And the last thing, number four, uh, the fourth reason why bad things happen to us is sometimes things just happen and they're out of our control. And one of the things when I was preparing for this podcast, what I thought about was just here recently, within like a the past week, we had storms and a, a tree fell over. And as the tree was falling over, a car drove was driving down the road and it just timed it just right and it, and it crushed the car and it killed the the people inside the car. I mean, that that just happened. Those people didn't do anything wrong. Uh, God wasn't punishing them. Satan wasn't tempting them. It just happened and it was out of their control they could they couldn't stop the tree from falling and you know they were just driving down the road minding their own business you know going to the store going home wherever and the tree falls over and it happened to to hit the car and kill the people that was inside so don't focus and this is the key don't focus on what's happened or why it's happened but focus on the one who gives hope and the promise of eternal life because even though james was full of the spirit and even though he has worked miracle after miracle and he has preached the good news to hundreds of people and baptized hundreds and hundreds of people and he was a great leader in the early church well he couldn't save himself he couldn't save himself what was from what was about to happen to him. And, and when Herod arrested him and beheaded him, he couldn't do anything about it. He had no power. He had no authority over that. And God allowed it to happen. But nowhere do we see where James blamed God or Peter blamed. He didn't blame God, nor do we read where the church blamed God. In other words, they just looked to God for their hope and we're going to see that in the next podcast in, in the chapter in the part two of acts chapter 
12. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today on the Grind It Podcast. Please feel free to share this podcast with your friends and your family so that they too can be encouraged by the power of God's Word. If you have any comments or questions, just email them to thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, keep grinding and God bless you.